Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes. And that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am glad to have you with us as we sit down with, yet, I mean, I guess virtually sit down, but sit down with another guy who has a story to tell you. His name is Jack Conyers, and Jack, how are you doing today? I am great. Just wrapped up the workday, so settling in, getting ready to cook some dinner when we finish up. Nice. But- Kind of easing into the evening. Cool, cool. Well, we won't we won't keep you too too much from your dinner, hopefully. But I'm excited to dive into things with you, man. So let's get going with that first question, Jack. It's the same for everyone. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. So I think, like me, like most other other guys you've had on, probably started out always as a big guy. Um, I mean, childhood, high school, even college, and then after college, just was always the the bigger kid, didn't have proper nutrition, um, just went through life, gaining weight, and, you know, you try and, and be the jolly fat person to deter the hurtful things that, that people will say and the realization that you are as big as you don't think you are, really, because you really don't want to accept that reality that you really are that big and and, you know there's always that light bulb moment that goes off that's just like wow and so it's kind of where i started um man just looking back and you know things when i thought i was really fat back then i wish i was that weight now (laughs) it's the funny thing so yeah just just always big and ate and ate and gorged myself yeah i was gonna ask like in terms of that relationship with food that developed for you growing up. You you, you talked to, you you mentioned nutri- not really kind of having the right information about nutrition. Uh, do you, is that really what you think started got your problem started? I think so. So I mean, growing up, food was always a celebration. Food was the reason to bring family together. Food was the reason to go out for a Sunday dinner. And even thinking about back Sunday dinners, there was always a dessert. And it just kind of get that programmed and you carry that through childhood, through adulthood. And it's like, well, I always have to have a dessert because that's part of a balanced meal, right? Um, You know, it's, hey, let's get together for a birthday party or someone got an A on a test or, hey, I just got a new car. Let's go out to eat. It was always food, food, food. And I just never had that balance to know portion control veggies, uh, making sure that you, you have a balance on your plate. Um, it's just th- those simple things. And then I, I drank a lot of pop. And sorry for those that call it soda, but I'm from the Midwest, so we call it pop. So just those little things, it adds up. You know, I was downing probably six 
cans of pop a day at one point. And when did you really start to, when did the awareness start to build in you? Like you, you talked about something I think a lot of guys go through, you know, that developing the, the persona to help deflect the teasing or the bullying or, you know, kind of like other people making the jokes so you make them first. Like when, when did that start to become, you know, something that was in your consciousness? I think it was always there, but I always thought, oh, I can do this whenever I'm ready or I just don't want to put the work in right now. Or it was always, and we're all guilty of this in our adult life is I'll do it tomorrow or I'll start next week or I'll do it for a few days, mess up. I'll start next Monday. And then that turns into months, that turns into years, you know, and then the time passes and it flies by. So that awareness was always there. But it wasn't until like, I went to the doctor and the scale couldn't weigh me at first. And so I was just kind of devastated at that moment. And I think that was when it really set in. And, and it was still a period of time after that before I actually made changes in my life. And what, what was that? Like, when did that happen for you? How old were you when you, when you had that moment at the doctor's? Oh, I was like 2010-ish. So, gosh, how old am I now? I was 27. So I was late 20s. So definitely a young a young guy that should have been full of life, but I was aching and unhappy inside and had a lot of health issues that were starting to creep up. And what do you think, because I, I think we all talk about having those moments of, of real awareness of like, you know, stepping on that doctor scale and it not being able to weigh you or when someone goes to... Yeah. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys who have those experiences of like getting fitted for a tux for a friend's wedding. And six months later, you know, the tux doesn't fit, you know, when it's actual time for the wedding. Like, what do you think kept you back at that moment from saying, OK, this is this is time. You know, this is when I need to make a change. This is this is time to move this forward. So I just started a new relationship at that time. And. It was like, oh, well, this person likes me, so I don't need to lose weight. <laughs> it's like, I'm comfortable. And that's it just kind of sad. And I never really had anyone just tell me, dude, you have to stop. Or, dude, you really need to make a change. I mean, of course, the doctors were always good on your case. But I just never had someone in my life to say, it's time. Mm. And where, because one of the things we haven't really talked about yet is is something I think people get curious about, which is like the numbers. Like where, when your weight, when you started to, to realize that, you know, obviously getting on a doctor's scale wasn't working, where where did your weight end up? So my highest, I was at 514. Uh, the funny thing is, it, it was well before that, I went to the doctor and I weighed in at 374 at one point. And... I always told the doctors for a period of like a year and a half or two years, oh, I'm 374, I'm 374. And I would get on the scale and it would bypass what they could weigh me at well over 450 because that's where the scale maxed out at. And they're like, no, you're not 374. And I was like, yeah, I am. Because in my mind, I was still 374. And there was, there's no way I've gained that much weight. It's like it just didn't register and I was subconsciously putting it out. No, I think that makes sense. And there's... It's like almost at that point, you know, you have that number in your mind and you're getting on the scale and the scale's not giving you a number. So it, I, I think there's, there's two directions to go. It's either to just accept 
you know, keep it in your head. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'll, I'm either at 374 or I'll get back there or, you know, have that freak out and be like, wait a minute, that scale can't weigh me. But, and I, I think we all take the path that's easier, you know, in, at those times, it seems. Absolutely. And I think when I finally got on the scale and I was around, I think it was like 478 at that time, I was just floored. And I was like, this just can't be possible. Like the lady just kind of, the nurse looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm, I'm fine, you know, but in my mind, I, I was kind of freaking out internally. And it's crazy to think that I still kept going past that point. And so you, you eventually saw, you know, the 500s. What, what drove that moment happening for you? Uh, it, just, just going for physicals and stuff, you know, and that 514 popped up and I just could not believe that I was that heavy. And I said I needed to make a change. And I, I made very, very small changes, enough to to make it seem like I was really making progress, but I, I still was lying to myself. You know, I got below 500, and so I felt, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. And I, I kind of stayed in that kind of back and forth in that five to 470-ish range for quite some time. And what was your life actually like then? Like, what you know, you're... You've got those moments where you're seeing the weight on the scale, but in between, you, you're still living that that same life. Like, what was it like for you at that size? So I was still hanging out with friends. I was, you know, going out to the the, the bar, the club. Um, I was drinking. I was eating fast food. So I mean, going to McDonald's, Long John Silver's. Uh, I mean, McDonald's for breakfast and dinner. Taco Bell, all this stuff. And looking back at the volume of food I was eating, it's quite disgusting. Like, I just think about it. I don't even know how I ate half of that. And I would just eat just to eat because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I thought that's what I needed. And I think I was just eating to comfort myself. Um, But aside from that, I mean, I was having to order my clothes specially from either a site called King Size Direct because they went up to like a 10X or Destination XL or Casual Mail, whatever they're called now, or I think they're called Destination XL now. And and they're so expensive. So, I mean, I would go spend a hundred bucks and get a shirt and a pair of pants, tops, maximum, because it was so expensive. And so I can never try on stuff. I can never go to a regular store to get clothing. You know, I can never have the cool stuff like everybody else. I mean, my back hurt to walk. I had knee issues. Couldn't definitely could not fly. So that was just out of the question. Uh, I had a seatbelt extender in my car because I couldn't buckle my seatbelt because I was so big. I mean, it was just it was insane, and I was embarrassed. In what? So so this because I think this is something that a lot of people go through, and and some haven't yet. Like what? made you realize, you know, what made you willing to actually make change? Like what was, what was the kind of, okay, this is enough moment for you. So I yo-yoed for quite a while. And then I had moved from Ohio to North Carolina. Um, I had finished grad school. I went back to grad school way after I finished undergrad. And I got the transfer down to North Carolina for a job with my same company. 
it was a promotion. And so I went down and, and I was down there three months. And on my way back for a visit home for my birthday weekend, my hand was just kind of tingling. It was going kind of numb and tingling and it just wouldn't stop. And I had a couple of, I call them vision issues. I don't know how to explain it because it, I've tried to explain it to doctors and they're like, what? But we know our bodies and we know what's normal and what's not. And so I pulled over on the side of the highway um, with my girlfriend at the time and I said, I can't keep driving. And I was like, I'm very scared. And so as soon as we got to Ohio from North Carolina for that visit, we went to the ER because it, it just wouldn't stop. And my blood pressure was sky high. Like the blood pressure was just way high and it wouldn't come down. And so they were like, okay, so let's try and give you some blood pressure medicine and let's observe you for a period of time. Let's get an EKG. And the first hospital let me go. So they said, okay, well, it should come down, um, but we'd like you to follow up with your primary care doctor. So I went home. It kind of stopped for a little bit. Then in the middle of the night, it kept going and it would not stop. And the next morning, I just didn't feel comfortable. I said, I need to go back to the ER. So I went back to the ER, they actually admitted me and they had me under observation. So they put me on a, like the Mrs. Dash diet while I was in there, had me under constant surveillance, you know, blood work, everything. Blood work looked okay. Um, I mean, except for high, uh, my A1C was high and all that good stuff. They even did a, um, how do you call it? Oh, I can't remember what the test is called. Um, you know the test where they they can make you either run on the treadmill or they give you something to induce your heart rate? Oh, the, a stress test? Stress test, there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. They gave me a stress test and everything, and they were just like, you, you're just unhealthy. <laughs> so they put me on blood pressure medicine. They put me on um, pre-diabetic medicine. They put me on cholesterol medicine. They told me to follow my primary care doctor when I got back to North Carolina. So I did that. Got They actually increased those medicines when I got back to North Carolina. And I was on that for a period of hmm, two years. And I lost a little bit of weight because I was trying to do better. Still was not doing what I was supposed to do. And then 2017, it just clicked. And that's when I just kind of really started. Which I think is a common story, like the idea that because you can look back on that time now and look at, you know, you, you spent two years not really moving yourself that far forward, being on medicines, you know, them increasing the medicines and probably look at that and be like, what was I doing? But it's it's almost like we, we get so used to our lives as they are, even if they're full of, you know, pain or challenges or those things. Like it's almost like the 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 impetus to make the difference either needs to build up or come from a, you know, a tragic moment or be something where eventually it, it feels like enough is enough. Yeah. And, and I feel like I was on that path of that tragic moment that I might not have been able to recover from. If I really would have kept going, I, I really feel like, I mean, and one of my doctors told my parents at one point, I'm going to have surgery in 2011 that if he doesn't change, he'll be dead before he's 40. And to see my dad, my dad was a, you know, 
old school military guy that never cried and all of that. And to see my dad cry, oh, it broke my heart. Mm. So 2017, like you said, things clicked. What did you, what were your, what was your path at that point? Like what, what did you do to act on that? So I think I kind of started to move. I started to appreciate life a little bit more. I started to look at life in a different way. And I said, there's a lot that you can do with life and why not try and live it? And so I just kind of, it's like, it's weird. It's it's like just things like a light bulb went off and it said, you know, I want a better career. I want to travel. I want to have hobbies. I want to, to be active. And I started small, of course, you know, I started just walking, started eating better and just started with little things. And I dropped I think, 30 pounds or so. I got down to about 465. And then I went and got a bike and <laughs> I rode it twice, I think, at first, because it was just tough and I was still so big. And so I kept with the walking and everything. And as I started to see the weight come down, I said, you know, what I used to do was lose gain it back, lose, gain it back. And I said, I wonder what happens if I don't give up this time. And that's, and that's where, that's what it was that when I didn't give up and I started to see the consistent results, that, that was a moment. And so from there, not giving up, obviously it's not 2017 anymore. So we're, we're, we're coming forward a couple of years. Like what, how did things develop? So I kept losing and I said, I wonder what kind of things are out there. So I watched a, a documentary on Netflix and it was just, it was about juicing and it's called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. And the, the guy lost tons of weight and I was like, wow, it's like he didn't eat any meat or cheese or anything. Cause I mean, I, I love burgers and pizza and steaks and all that good stuff. And I was like, there's no way I could ever sustain juicing. Like I just knew there was no way in hell. <laughs> Like, I was like, maybe here and there I can have a juice, but I, I can't do that every day, all day. And so I kind of started to go down the rabbit hole. So what other kind of documentaries are out there about health and fitness and, and things like that? And so I saw part two. I think I watched Super Size Me. And then I watched Forks Over Knives. And that was the one that kind of talked about plant-based eating and I just went down the rabbit hole. And I think I watched six or seven other documentaries on plant-based eating. And I said, you know what? It's like, this isn't very manly. This isn't what how I grew up. So I'm going down a path that I have no idea what I'm doing. But I was like, let's try it. You know, if I want different results, I got to try something that's different. And so that's kind of what started me down the plant-based journey. And before that, I, I, I didn't know how to cook, really. I despise cooking. You know, my, my girlfriend at that time cooked. And I eventually said, all right, so this is what I want to do. I have to cook. And so I taught myself how to cook and I fell in love with cooking. And that's, that's how the plant-based part of me started. And it's, it's, it's been nice ever since. And can you, cause it, something we were talking about before we started recording was you, you're my first guest that dove into plant-based eating and stayed there. And so I, I don't want to make you the only, you know, the only representative of, of plant-based eating, whoever, who I ever talked to, obviously, but I, I think it's going to be new for some people listening to hear kind of about, or even understand kind of what it, what it means. So can you define 
just for people listening who might not, because I, I think we hear a lot of different words thrown around. Like, what does what does plant based eating mean for you? Yeah, so I say I'm plant based because I started mostly for health. Um, there's vegan and plant based. So vegan just means no animal products. That means no leather goods, no leather shoes, no leather belts, no wool coats, no wool lining, anything like that. Plant based just means no animal products in your foods. And some plant-based people will say that they'll eat dairy once or twice a year or something like that. Um, I just stay plant-based and so I don't eat any dairy, eggs, meat. Um, I think that covers it all. And so I just eat nothing but fruits, veggies, beans, legumes, I mean, tofu, tempeh, all that good stuff. And I, I think it, it makes sense that you had to you had to dive into cooking because depending on where you live and what region you're in, finding prepped plant-based food can be a challenge. Absolutely. It's starting to come around a lot more. Oh yeah. But with with plant-based eating, you can't you can't disguise the food. It's it's all about how you season and how you prepare it and how you pair it with stuff. You know, if you if you're to eat a, a burger, you grill that baby up throw a piece of cheese on it and you're good but plant-based i can't just do that with a veggie burger i have to season it spice it and make it bind well and taste well so i mean there's there's a level of you have to kind of give it some thought which is kind of cool because i have a passion for cooking now and you know maybe someday i'll put out a cookbook but you know it's kind of transformed into not only my way of eating but to prove that you can be a man and be plant-based and and still be active and perform at a high level, which is all. Which is awesome because I think it's it, it gets silly when people start to define one food is you know manly and one food not you know and all of those different things. Mm-hmm. And I think also there are probably people that hear plant based and think that you're just you know you're eating lettuce all day, which we you yeah. know, is clearly not <laughs> right. You know, is not you know it's it's one of those it's the same thing and the funny thing is like when even kind of like even things that I've looked into like I think in some ways different ways of eating end up with similar stereotypes put on them and things along those lines like people assume that someone that is keto is getting up in the morning and just dipping bacon in butter and like that's what they're eating <laughs> you know the same way like someone who's plant based is that you you get up in the morning and you ju- you juice something green and then you have a bowl of, you know, you have a you have a big salad later on in the day. And obviously, you, you're doing many different things with food, you know, because there's a lot of different options out there. And uh, what have what have been some of the kind of exciting discoveries for you along the way as you've been on this journey? I think that I can anything that anybody can eat, I can I can make a, a vegan or plant based version of it and I can make it taste great. That's honestly like the really cool thing. Um, I, I feel like people who were plant-based or vegan way back when are probably like, you guys have it so easy right now mm. because oh, of yeah. how they went through it. And I, I can't even imagine because, I mean, there were no options. So that that's really the cool thing. Um, and just being able to create dishes and, and find places that offer these these types of foods that, you know, we can go out with friends, you know, when COVID's not around or whatnot. And, and enjoy a meal together, and everybody can have something that they find tasty and fits their what they prefer. And I think also, like it's 
there can be things that are are vegan or plant based that are obviously not great for you. The same way, you know, if if you're eating just meat, you know, there's things that are not great for you. Like I think that the the example that everyone loves to give, you know, when I'm you know, is well, you know, Oreos are vegan, and so all they're eating is Oreos, and it's like, well, no. <laughs> like if someone is actually working on their health, they're thinking about how they feel and how how foods affect them, and you know, so what. What for you, hap, you know, kind of like where let's bring people up to today where you're at with with your weight and kind of that part of the journey. So I was at 514 at my heaviest. I am down to about 313 uh, last year with COVID and went through a lot of personal stuff with a, a, a divorce and everything and moving back to the Midwest. So I I I gained a little bit but then I lost some and I, then I stalled. I stalled for like seven months and it was frustrating. I, was, I don't know what. So I pretty much ended up losing, I think seven pounds over, no, 15 pounds over the whole year last year. And I'm stuck now this month. Um, you know, we have a little bet going with a group of guys and I've lost some this year, but now I'm, I'm stalling again. And so it's frustrating. I'm just trying to figure out how to break that stall. And I'm sure my body's just getting used to all the cycling, all the 5Ks, and then me introducing weight training is probably playing into that. So just trying to figure out how to break that. But I'm at about 313, so I'm about 201 pounds down. And just there kind of on the side you've thrown in, you know, cycling in 5Ks and, and lifting weights, like your 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 life has changed in terms of your physical activity and, and how you move, th- you know, move through it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think because I couldn't even walk down my street at one point without my back hurting to where I was almost in tears. And to think that I'm active six to seven days out of the week blows my mind. And, and people come to me and say, oh, you're an athlete. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not LeBron James. And I'm like, well, no, you're, you're athletic. And I was like, no, I'm fat. <laughs> like, no, you're athletic. Like you will go cycle 12 to 15 miles a day or go do a 5k or go weight train for an hour and 15 minutes doesn't make me an athlete it makes me trying to work on my health and try and better myself but it's more than other people are doing you know like i think that's what they're what other people on the outside i think it's hard when we're on the inside of it to see but they mean it when they say it like you're 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 taking part in activity that in a lot of ways the average person isn't you know like i think we we make these assumptions that people, if they're a certain size or things along those lines, either can or can't do things or are doing things. And so it's it's awesome to hear that you, you've made this transformation along the way of, because not just, now back pain isn't your normal. I'm, you know, my words are starting to fall on top of each other. But I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's great to hear, like, if someone talks to you about you being athletic and to you, you think you're just doing what you need to be doing that speaks to that level of how much a part of your life that level of activity has become. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, we're in that, that, that group of guys. Um, I mean, they're so active. And so it, it keeps me on, keeps me on my game a little bit. So, you know, I, I go see them do two a days and, and whatnot. And so I'm like, Hey, I need to up ante a little bit. No, I think that definitely, that makes sense, man. And what, you know, we've talked a little bit, like, and one of the things I don't think we've we've gotten too far into, like, we you you went kind of plant based with your nutrition. 
How did what did that look like for you to put together though? Because like I said, it, it's possible to to whether you're keto, plant based, carnivore, weight watcher, whatever you're doing, whatever your approach to food is, if it fits your macros, it's possible to overeat. It's a it's possible to put together food that isn't going to help your body. Like what does what does your approach to nutrition and food choices look like? So when I started, I actually just did a lot of pre like processed stuff. Like I did prepackaged burgers and cheeses and products that I would find. And I actually kind of disgusted myself at one point because I was like, this is just too much. Like it just, like it started to taste the same. It just didn't taste good because I was just eating it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I said, I have to step back and reevaluate this. And that's when the cooking started. So now, you know, I kind of look at it as, well, what's going to give me the micronutrients and make me feel full? You know, what's going to actually fuel my body at a at a lower level, not just macros, like micronutrients and what's going to change my cellular structure and help fuel that kind of thing over time. And so I, I look at it totally different now. So I started to kind of go down the path of whole food plant-based, which is things straight from nature, you know, like like I said before, beans, lentils, I love lentils, uh, fruits, simple things like that. The simpler, the better. Things I can buy that's produce or that I actually have to prep and it's not doesn't come in a package, honestly. Those are the best things. I'll still have stuff that's prepackaged here and there. Um, maybe, I don't even know if it's once a week at any at this point now. Maybe once every two weeks I'll have something. And so it's... I feel better. Like I, I don't have heartburn any ever. I don't have digestion issues ever. I never feel bloated. Um, it, it's it's kind of awesome. Like my body doesn't feel the way it did when I put junk in it. And it's interesting that you talk about you know kind of like having that approach and thinking about micronutrients. Like, how do you do? You ever get people coming at you and trying to say, well, if you're just eating plant based, you're missing out on on nutrients that you need. Like how do you respond to that? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, there's always that. There was that old thing that if you're plant-based or vegan, that you're protein deficient. And I think that's why when I make some dishes, I'm like, hey, well, this has 40 grams of protein. Like, I think I made a tofu scramble and it, it packed like almost 30 grams of protein. And it was only 200 calories. And so I get to eat more food on top of that, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that meal because that, it didn't have as much calories. And so, I mean, there's things that I do supplement. I take a vegan supplement for B12 because you just can't, I mean, it comes in meat and I can't get that because I don't eat meat. So, but other than that, that's, and that's about it. I mean, take a vitamin C supplement. Um, <laughs> other than that, I don't think I supplement anything else. No, and I, and I don't ask it to kind of put you on the spot and be like, exactly, what do you do? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I, I think that's something that that people commonly associate and and think about, and so I think it's good to, and it, it's clear that you're conscious of of what your body needs and what you're putting into it, and it's not just I'm doing one, th you know, kind of following one path blindly. Like I, I think that that shows some some deep thought there. Yeah, and I, I try and look at it at a balanced approach. Um, you know, because I've had people say, well, you're not getting this. And I was like, well, actually, if you look at this, I'm getting more 
And I think it's just more of an education issue. Like people don't realize what stuff you can get from food. Food food can be very, very powerful. And I know people say make food your medicine. And I was like, you can to an extent, absolutely. Um, but it can it can really change your body and it can really fuel you if you do it the right way. And I'm curious, what's what's your favorite thing to cook? Ooh. Hmm. So my favorite food is potatoes in any form. And then I love I love a good ramen or pho. Like those those are just really good because and the, the reason is you can have the broth, you can pack it with tofu or beans and the veggies. And you can eat so much of it and it's it's good. You can have a big bowl of it and it'd be under 500 calories probably and it's probably enough for two people, but for my macros, I need to eat that much. Mm. And what, so I was letting the, the dogs in the background quiet down. It's, and again, <laughs> I feel like it's not my podcast if there isn't some kind of animal attack or a plane going over <laughs> um, when we're recording. And now I say that every week. And so I'm going to get a comment from someone that I, I talk about it too much, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm because through all of this, like there, there had to have been, it, it there's been a great kind of like growth in terms of your education about the power of food and, and what, what's happened with the medicines that you were on. So I, I'm actually off of all of them. I don't, I don't want any prescription medicine at all, which thank oh, I'm just so thankful for that because that was, that was part of the goal was get off all of the medicine. Um, my next goal is I, I have sleep apnea cause I got diagnosed with that way back when. And while I know sleep apnea is not always, caused by weight i think my weight plays into it some and so my hope is that as i keep getting closer to my personal goal weight that that it will hopefully roll back and i can come off of the cpap no understood for sure man and and let, let's talk about like what is your what what is your personal goals like do you have that set up in your head yeah so the, i want to get to about hmm, 215 220 i mean i'm I try and stay away from numbers as much as I can. Um, but at my height, about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, I'm hoping to get to that weight. Uh, I want to be able to do a triathlon. And I was uh, talking to one of my friends, Daryl, and I kind of want to I want to do an Ironman at some point. Like, I think that would be really cool to say, look where I started, and now I'm at this level where I can do an Ironman. And he's like, dude, you have the cycling down, and, and you go out and you do these walk and jogs. He's like, the next thing is the swimming. And Swimming, that's, that's tough. Swimming in a far distance is hard. So it, it will be some training, but if I can't do an Ironman, a triathlon would be good. Um, I'm hoping for my 40th birthday to hopefully be able to ride double my age, so go ride 80 miles. Um, just little things like that. And if you do a triathlon or an Ironman, will you accept the level, that, that compliment that you're athletic? I, I mean, at that point, I guess I can, I can see it to an extent. I guess I need to get the the thing out of my mind that to be an athlete, you have to be a professional athlete. That's mm. not true. So, so let's actually, that was kind of one of the next things I wanted to talk about was kind of your mind. Uh, what do you think have been the, you know, you, you've made you're, you're down over 200 pounds from where you were. 
Like, what do you think are the changes to your mindset that have really enabled your success? The relationship with food, and and let me preface it that I still struggle with that relationship sometimes, because if the scale goes up or spikes, which I'm, it's just there's natural spikes and drops, and I have a hard time accepting that. So I'm trying to stay away from the scale as a tool, as my primary tool for sure. But um, just looking at food as, as for what it is, I mean, yeah, I can make something and say, yeah, this is a, a great Sunday meal or Sunday brunch or something. But I tried to pull the the emotion away from food. So when I'm upset or or sad or happy, trying to find some other way to to use it to cope, like journaling or go practice photography or if I'm I'm pissed off. I'm going to go work out hard or, you know, I'm going to hop on this bike and go knock out 20 miles or go hit the punching bag or something, you know, just find those different ways. Then let me go sit down in front of a a pizza let me go shovel three burgers in my mouth, you know, things like that. So that's part of it. It's just the mindset around the relationship with food. And then just trying to accept that this is a lifelong journey. And so, I'm not looking at it as, well, once I get the goal, I'm good. No, this this is this is me. This is this is who I am for the rest of my life. Like I need to constantly work on myself. I need to constantly find ways to get better. I need to find new ways to fuel my body and to make myself healthy. And so that's so it's a always learning process. And that's how I'm looking at it. Because I think what happens is we get to a point and we get comfortable, and that's when it can go backwards real quick. No, I think you're right. I, I think it's that idea that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, comfort becomes the enemy. Like, yeah. not, and it's not that we're not comfortable, you know, you're not comfortable as a person. It's that idea of, of comfort of behavior, you know, that idea of, of not challenging yourself, of, of losing that focus. And I, I think it comes into play a lot when I talk to guys, um, you know, obviously, because, you know, I, I talk to, to men and women on Instagram, but, you know, the podcast, I'm primarily talking to, to men and especially guys that have been, you know, in that four five, 600 pound range when they're they're seeing their success. It's because they have that continuous drive to keep learning, keep challenging themselves, keep things moving forward, um, even if it's just a mental trick. It, it seems like it's a really important part of the process. Yeah, and I think a part of it too is who you surround yourself with. Like if you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't kind of thinking similarly like you and they may not care as much about their health, I mean, that kind of thing can start to rub off on you. You have as much in common, um, but kind of surrounding yourself with people who have the same mindset that, hey, let's, let's be healthy. Let's have healthy habits to an extent. You know, let's share some ideas and things like that. That helps elevate you and I feel like that helps elevate all of you together and keeps you kind of on on the same path no I think that that is a great point and how how has that developed for you like what do you think was the key to being able to build those connections you know so social media can be used for good or for bad and and I can say that it has it was used for good in my situation Um, I met a lot of people through Instagram and through just my health journey. And I continue to meet people. And so, I mean, now I'm starting to meet people because, because of coffee and photography, but they're on the same health type thing and it's, it's getting them involved in it. So social media was huge. Um, you know, my parents always wanted me to get healthy, but 
they don't eat healthy. So it's like, it's hard for, for them to tell me as a, as a kid and teenager, you need to stop doing this and get healthy when, Hey, you guys are sitting up eating whatever you want. <laughs> so you're not setting, they're not setting the example. And I don't blame my parents for that, but I think it's just the, the time period we grew up in. We didn't know as much about health and the ramifications like we do now. Oh, for sure. And I, and I think that can be a part of it. Like I, I also, you know, from my experience, I think there's also, it can be hard to kind of dive into some of these real discussions about these issues with those people that you've grown up with or have raised you or, you know, have been a part along the way because you worry about like you're even just making, you know, those comments you were making, like you worry about people taking offense. You know, if you say, you know, well, I grew up with bad habits. Well, do you blame me for your habit? Like, you know, I think that that can feel sticky uh, on some levels. And then when you build connections with people that don't have that initial investment in your life and your experience, it's almost like it allows you to open up more uh, when you when you're first connecting. Yeah, I mean, and I've connected with people who who are on a health journey who aren't, and people who have started who were not on one, and just through conversation, they say, "Well, I want to start." And people have had some fantastic success, and not everyone eats plant based. You know, some people will adopt some of my recipes or some things that I do and kind of mix it in, and that's totally fine. Like I'm always here to to talk and share my ideas and, and my experiences because we were all after the same thing. And I'm curiously if so, if someone, cause I was going to ask you this um, when we were, you know, earlier I was going to ask it, but now I think it, now it might make more sense. Like, so if there is someone out there listening who is curious about diving into to plant-based nutrition and, and using that as a tool or adopting that as, as a lifestyle, like where, where do you suggest they, they start that, that, investigation for themselves so if they're first just curious and they have a lot of questions like i part of me wants to tell them to watch forks over knives um the documentary but the other piece is talk to someone that's plant-based and ask them their experiences and ask them kind of challenges that they've had or or things like that if they just have specific questions but if they just want to know what it's more about watch forks over knives because it kind of goes into some of the underlying infrastructure that is plant-based. It's not just eat this or eat that, but it's why you should eat this and what this can do for your body. And I think when you see it in that light, it it really, it kind of it plays a game on your mind. You're like, well, I didn't know that, or nobody ever told us this information. And, and I don't know. I don't know if it's just because we're all programmed a certain way and we all grow up a certain way. So that's what we think is the only option that we have and then seeing it from a different angle. It's like, Oh, well, this is interesting. So I would say either the documentary or just talk to someone that's plan based. And what, cause you, you, you said it, it's good to talk to like this. I, I feel like now I'm jumping back to places that I probably should have <laughs> went to before, but I'm just curious, like, so going plant-based, like what were the biggest challenges for you? Oh, Hmm actually knowing what was plant-based and what wasn't like that was the biggest struggle in trying to piece together meals i mean oh gosh i was just throwing crap together and it's like is this how i'm supposed to do it like some of the memes out there like you know the first week you go plant-based and it's like a banana on top of some spaghetti noodles and it's like am i doing it right totally accurate (laughs) like i had no idea and so i think 
after seeking out recipes and just kind of piecing it together and, and finding that direction, then that starts the creative process. Then that starts the, oh, so this is what it means. So just knowing what it means is very helpful. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm excited for people listening who are going to get mad at me for talking to you about this. Because uh, I'm plant-based and you're keto. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm keto, you're plant-based. People love to try to say that this is a keto podcast. It's not. Um, and I've always said from day one that I'm about people finding what works best for them, for their health, and you know supports the journey that they're on. And so I, I think it's great that you were able to find something that that works for you and nourishes your body. And, and clearly there's you're seeing results. So I don't think it's something that someone can say, you know, oh, this person should do this. This person should do that. I will tell you, I, I'll probably get a DM that's like, well, why didn't you tell him this? Or why didn't you, why didn't you say this? Uh, I get that. I, get, I had someone on uh, a long time back, um, Anthony, who is big into Weight Watchers. Is, you know, he's an ambassador for the program. And it's been something that's, you know, saved his life in a lot of ways. And I got so many people who were like, well, why didn't you try to convert him to this? And I'm like, it's not about converting. Oh, man. And that's I think that's critical. <laughs> and, and I, but I think that's all, it's also funny because like, I think that's what people assume as well about people that follow a, a, a plant-based diet or identify as vegan, that they're focused on converting people to eat exactly the same way that they're eating. And I find it's, it's really about the person. And if, if, I think you you're, you you are, are someone who if someone came to you and said I really want to know more about being plant based and what your experiences were, you're going to talk to them. But you're not out there on the internet going after someone's account and being like you shouldn't eat you know like this is going to kill you. Don't do that. Like I think we have these assumptions that we make about people based on what they do. Like I think because it's a, it's the same thing. Like I have people all the time who are like, you know, you're you posted that and that was someone, you know, that person's vegan. And I'm like, well, I know I'm friends with that person. Like we can actually communicate. We can talk about different things, you know, and we can also share our experiences and, and the things that we've done to, to help ourselves. And it doesn't have to be kind of a tit for tat. I did this. Well, you should do this. Or I did that. And you should do that. Like, it's not that I think there are people in all nutritional communities that snipe and attack. I mean, I will say, Almost any time I post anything on Twitter, I there are several accounts that clearly identify as vegan that are going to attack me. It happens. But I also know I see accounts that are carnivore going hard, you know, to attack people that are vegan or like, well, you know, that's going to kill you eventually. Like, for some reason, instead of people kind of being in their own lane and living their, through their experience, there's this willingness to like just... And that's that's like we, the negatives of social media, the willingness to go out and just your opinion has to be the only opinion that matters. And if someone isn't echoing your opinion, then you have to scream yours louder. And that's I mean, that's great in a debate space. That's great in a space where, you know, someone's inviting discussion. Like, I, I think seeing people be passionate inspires me no matter what they're passionate about. But I think there's a, a difference between that and kind of like stonewalling someone because you believe that your path is the only path that matters. So I, I think it's good for people to explore. Like, and, and I think every person, like I, I encourage every person, no matter what they want to choose as, as their path, when it comes to what, what foods they're choosing, explore everything, you know, look into everything, find what, you know, I think it's an unwillingness to, to be open to just 
look for the for information that ends up kind of like leading people towards this path of failure because they get so locked in and they're not willing to to even have discourse. Yeah, I mean, there's people on all both sides or whatever, all sides that that demonize the other. And I, and I, you know, when I set out to do this, like, I mean, like I say, I'm plant based because it wasn't the moral aspect that caused me to go this route. But part of me sees the moral aspect and. But this was never, I never wanted to be the person, because who who the hell am I to judge? Like, I didn't grow up plant-based. I didn't grow up vegan. I'm not perfect. Like, I'm not a perfect human. None of us are. And so whose job is it to judge someone else based on how they eat? But all I can do is share my experience and share the food that I eat and how it helps me and makes me feel and that it's a way that you can eat and sustain your life. That's all I ever set out to do. So that you know <laughs> teach their own oh for sure man and what speaking of sustaining your life what's coming next for jack hmm uh as far as like health and stuff like, i mean just just to get under 300 and i'm hoping to do that ideally i'd like to do that before the end of february but hopefully by march for sure and I'm just going to keep trying to find ways to get get active in different ways. So I'm going to probably start increasing the weightlifting, weight training with my trainer. Nice. Um, I've been nursing a shoulder injury, so I haven't really told anybody on Instagram about it, but that's kind of kept me held back too. Um, that's the biggest thing. Other than that, just work on personal hobbies, photography, keep di- diving into the coffee world. I was gonna say you, I mix it all you, in. You, you share you share a lot of a lot of coffee pictures that I am intimately jealous of at times. So so you can actually have some of those because oh, I, yeah. at home when I brew it, like I don't add any. I, I drink it black. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Because if you brew coffee the right way, hey, it's you don't even need any creamer. Oh yeah. And that's that. I think that's a whole other podcast we could have just talking about the, the wonders <laughs> of coffee for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Which I think there probably are podcasts that just talk about coffee. You know, we'll have to we'll have to look I'll have to look into that. But Jack, if anyone is interested in keeping up with with what you're doing, you know, whether it's training for a triathlon or just wanting to see some of this this food in in coffee and in photography and everything that you're doing, where do they find you? Uh, Instagram at jackattack nine one eight two, and that's. Probably where I'm the most active. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't post as much there as I do on Instagram. So that's probably the best way. But I have an open door policy. Hey, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. There we go. And I'll make sure I share a link to that in the, the notes for this podcast. Jack, what is is there anything else kind of that you've been through that you want to make sure that, that listeners of the show hear about today while we're talking? Uh, so me personally, just one thing that to, to wrap it up is I'm a huge advocate for men's mental health as well as health and fitness, because I feel like men are left out of these conversations. You know, women have the body positivity and to lift everybody up, but us as men, we have to lift each other up. And you're not weak if you are having mental struggles and you need to just have your emotions and your feelings. It actually makes you strong if you can admit that. So I always want to emphasize, make sure you work on your, your mental health and do things to value yourself every day. I think that's a that's a powerful message that more, that more guys need to hear, and it's it's one of the reasons that I, I wanted to start this show was for people to realize that there there's stories that every person has, but there there's stories for men 
in this space that I just didn't feel existed before, you know, a space for, for guys to come on and talk about some of these things that, you know, there were plenty of podcasts out there for, you know, not to, not to go back to something we talked about already, but for the athletes, you know, for the people that, that exist in that physical space. And I, I just feel like there, there's so much more for everyone to be able to share. And like you said, you know, connecting with those, those emotions and feelings and being able to say, hey, maybe I need some help is, is a powerful step for a person. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, Jack, I just, I, I want to say thank you, obviously, for, for being willing to come on, to step step into the keto den today, <laughs> even though it's not, uh, as much as I proclaim that every time. Uh, <laughs> but I end every episode with five questions for my guest called the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? I am ready. Okay. So, Jack, first, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh. Hmm. Wow, that was that came quick. Um, mm. <laughs> and then it's like, how do we who do we classify as fat? So um, it's it's you're you're able to define it. It's funny. It's probably it's a it's a rapper. His name is E Forty. It's just it's really creative with the the language out in the Bay Area. Because I know you're out in California. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know who E Forty is, but he's just he's a funny guy. And people used to say I looked like him when I was a kid or when I was younger and I never saw it, but it's cause I was fat. So that's what I'm going to go with. There we go. Question number two, Jack, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Hmm. Never, never really hide who you are. Like you don't have to disguise who you are under the comedy just to, to try and feel like you're included. You know, don't laugh at all. Be you. Like don't, don't be afraid to shine through. I like it. Jack, question number three. If there's someone out there listening today who is trying to get started on, on a health or fitness journey, what is one thing that they can do today to get started? As cliche as it sounds, just start. Just take one step. Just take one, make one habit, you know, whether that's to cut pop or to stop eating fast food. Make one step every day and make a habit out of it. And then those little things add up. The impossible is possible. Certainly is, man. Certainly is. You definitely are proving that. Question number four, Jack, what is something about yourself that you love? I love my intelligence and my compassion. So just I, just, I feel like I have a very bright mind and I always have. And I think of things in a different way and I kind of see the bigger picture. Nice. And your last question today, Jack, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? To keep getting better at photography. Like I have a passion for it, and I feel like I can tell a picture through my lens. Nice. I like it. Well, Jack, I just really want to say thank you again for taking the time to come on the, on the podcast and tell your story and share it with my audience. No problem. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Definitely. And if, like I said, I'm going to have Jack's contact info in the show notes. If you are interested in, in reaching out to me, you can find me also on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. And you can also always check out theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. And since this podcast is dropping after this happens, I will let you know that right now we have coach John and I have released a new PDF called Build Your Keto Road 
that if you can check that out on theketoroad.com, it is a tool to help you if you're looking for a self-directed way to build a ketogenic lifestyle. Even though I say this isn't a ketogenic podcast, I'm pushing, I'm promoting that on here because why not? It's my podcast. <laughs> so everybody, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you, my friends, are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us again on the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.